Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Alexi Lawson. Welcome to the State of the Union podcast, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. Joining me, as always, my friend, my colleague, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a, uh, what are you, a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire? It's been an interesting day. Um, we come to you, uh, obviously, a day after the uh, U.S. loss. We put that in the rearview mirror. Uh, we'll still talk about it as we go forward, but we put that in the rearview mirror. If you'd like to fire off a tweet about uh, the U.S. women not being relevant anymore, that went down really well. <laughs> you know, well, so I've been getting, uh, getting a lot of uh, tweets. By the way, you know, if, if you watch the State of the Union, a lot of these tweets, whether they're just completely innocuous or, or spicy, you, you, hear the, you hear the takes first here. So this is, if you need another reason to watch or listen, this is what, uh, this is what happens here. Uh, you know, they... So people send me, um, you know, tweets or Instagrams or whatever. Anyway, they're sending me message in the social media age. And, you know, some of it makes its way to me. But uh, they use the emojis. You know the emoji things? This can't sound any more old and grumpy old man. But um, it, sometimes they use the, uh, the, heart, the faces, right? And I can't tell if it's a good or bad face because it's so small to begin with. Rob Stone has this problem, too. And then I don't... I can't tell if it's the emoji face that's saying, hey, you're, you know, you're a dick or something like that, or it's, hey, I really, really agree with you, or hey, I'm really laughing, that's hilarious, or hey, I'm laughing at you. So, you know, it's, it's and which is difficult. So if you're going to yell at me, um, and if you're going to call me names, uh, don't use emojis, because I, I, then I just go to the next one. So I'm just, if you really want to get at me, just make sure you use, you know, the English language, preferably. And, uh, and don't delete your tweets. It ruins the show. Um, all right. So where should we start here, Mossy? Should we start with uh, England, Nigeria? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I came on air today and reiterated that while um, the, the only thing more painful than the U.S. going out in a World Cup is the U.S. going out in a World Cup and England then winning the World Cup. And on the surface, this should have been a comfortable type of England win in this round of 16. And that's with all due respect to, uh, to, to Nigeria, even in a tournament that has already shown surprises. But while Nigeria, you know, probably would scoff and Nigerian fans would scoff at that type of, uh, that type of assessment, um, on the field, I think ultimately, even though England won, 
I think the Nigeria was a better team on the day against, uh, against England from a soccer perspective. We talked about the U.S. and Sweden, and the U.S. I thought was a better team on the day. The better team doesn't always win. And in this case, uh, maybe like yesterday in the Sweden game, England prevails in penalties. Um, and in, the, in, in doing so, the quote-unquote better team overall in terms of the soccer and in terms of the chances created didn't win. So hats off uh, to, uh, to Nigeria for, you know, kind of turning conventional wisdom on its head and really, really putting in a great performance against England. I agree with you. I think England was very lucky to escape. You know, the two African teams we've seen so far in the knockout stage, South Africa against the Netherlands and now Nigeria against England have given a very good account of themselves, neither advance, but nevertheless, they go out with their heads held high. Yeah, England was very poor in this match. Uh, first off, to cite a positive, great to see Kira Walsh out there. Yes. We amazing, thought, amazing though, right? I, mean, I honestly thought that was like an eight-month injury, and a couple of games later, she's starting. She played almost the full 120 minutes, came out in the last minute of the extra time, so that was a terrific boost for them. But still, they, they struggled, didn't create a whole lot. Alicia Russo, I thought, was poor. Rachel Daly, Lauren Hemp, none of them had particularly good games. And the player who had emerged as their breakout star in this tournament, Lauren James, had an absolute moment of madness, picks up a straight red card for stomping a Nigerian player. A terrible mistake from her. She's now going to probably miss the next couple of games. It was a strange moment there because, you know, it was uh, Jackie Oakley, I think, was doing the, uh, the commentary. And there was, you know, there was this... Um, it was almost this just, you know, kind of laughter and joking and playing it off there. And yet when they showed the replays, everyone that was on set said, what? they're going to look at this again. This is, this is not good. This is, this is bad. And so while in that moment she got, the, uh, she got the yellow card and there was just this, oh, you know, she was being a little cheeky type of reaction to it, as soon as those replays started coming in, those of us at the desk, we were immediately saying, they're going to look at this again. And as soon as, you know, this sign went up and she went over, went over to look, you knew that it was bad news. And what, you know, the, all, the, all the different phrases, a rush to a blood to the head. But ultimately, this is just, this is just a dumb move. It hurts, your, it hurts you. It hurts your team. From a practical perspective, it also potentially could hurt your opponent. It's stepping on your opponent. And we live in the age of VAR. Everything is seen. So I don't know what was going through her head. That's probably the problem, is that there was nothing going through her head in that moment to do something as asinine as that. No, absolutely. Uh, it was shades of David Beckham mm -hmm. and Simeone in 1998. Credit to John Strong. He texted us that right away. He made that connection, and it's a good one. Uh, so now England's going to have to be without her, like I said, for probably the next two games. She's been their best player in this tournament. Uh, well, Beckham was more of a kickout, though. Okay, was this was a, a <laughs> this was literally going going into a heap with your opponent, which is all fine and well, and then getting up and specifically and intentionally stepping on your opponent and wa literally walking over her. It's insane. Insane. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, when we talked about South Africa, we both highlighted Tembi Kadlana and what a good player she is. Uh, likewise for Nigeria, that Ashley Plumtree was all over wow. the place. That shot she hit off the crossbar <laughs> was incredible how she got a hold of it. And it just, it almost, it picked up speed as it got closer and closer to the goal and smashed off the crossbar. So she was unlucky not to score. And then I will say, uh, the winning penalty in this game, Chloe Kelly, there was no doubt about if that one crossed the line. Man, she thumped that with authority. Wow. And there was like <laughs> a, there was a little horse gallop that she did right at the start. 
uh, almost not as, not as dramatic as a Joseph Martinez does, uh, but she did a little horse gallop and then just smacked the thing in the upper corner. Um, my mom texted me immediately after the game because she was watching the scenes play out, and Chloe and, and others went and consoled the uh, Nigeria goalkeeper. And my, my mom just thought that was a, a wonderful and beautiful scene. And it was in the context of what we just talked about, about how well this Nigeria played. Now, it also has to be said that they were, they were up a player, they had plenty of opportunities, and they could not finish their chances. So the opportunity for history to see an African team get out of the round of 16 and go on, we lose that. But this was a situation where it was in the palm of their head at hand, and they let it get away. And they are managed by an American, Randy Waldrum, so he goes out. So we're running out of Americans in this tournament. You think maybe he's a possible candidate for the U.S. team? I mean, given his... It's his time with U.S. soccer, his time with, obviously, in college soccer, um, his American background. I think he's going to be available. You think maybe a, a dark horse type of candidate? I made a joke in the office this morning that didn't go down very well. People were still hurt about the U.S. elimination. Jeez. The topic came up of what they should do coaching-wise. I said they should get rid of Vladko and then rehire him six months later. <laughs> oh, my God. David Mossy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's, that's got layers to it, many, uh, many layers. Um, okay, so England goes on, but they kind of, they limp on. But, you know, even in a tournament, you got to figure out a way to do it. And to your point about, uh, about the penalties, they were very, very good, four out of five in terms of their, uh, their penalties. And that last one was just, ugh, um, good. But I think Serena Wegman will, um, will have to go back and look at this. And this was not a, this was not a great performance by, uh, by England. And so, but it was, I think, a great performance by, uh, by Nigeria, and they, uh, they certainly should be proud going on. Uh, okay, then we had, uh, let's see here. I want to make sure that I get this right. The home nation, um, Australia, taking care of Denmark. This had all the, all the hallmarks of a, another uh, penalty type of situation that was just going to go on and on and on. And then there came a point after about the first 15 or 20 minutes where Australia started to pick it up. And uh, Caitlin Ford down that left-hand side was just immense and terrorizing uh, Denmark. Denmark, I, I, I just, I'm not unhappy that Denmark is going home. I've never seen a more uninspiring and bland and boring type of outfit. Not, no real purpose, no real, no real personality to speak of. No real stars in, in terms. I mean, did you see? And I know we're playing at home, but when Sam Kerr, who, who came in at the uh, at the end of the game, they're, they're, just the mere mention of her, are people you could hear it around the bay here. You know, people screaming and yelling. And then she goes into the game. I mean, there's Denmark has has nothing, and they had plenty of the ball. They had uh, they outshot them, although the shots were all kind of benign or anything like that. So. I think the better team ultimately was Australia in the way that they played this game and tactically the way they set up and the way that they countered and the way they said, this is who we are and the ruthlessness in which they, uh, which they did it. And so I think the better team is going on. And I'm not, you know, losing sleep that Denmark's not continuing. And this Sam Kerr situation couldn't have worked out better. She was out just long enough for other players to assert themselves like a Caitlin Ford, Haley Rasso. Uh, they were the two goal scorers tonight. Rasso up to three goals in this tournament. Fowler, Gorey in the midfield is a very good player. Steph Catley at the back. Uh, so they have a good team anyway. And now you're adding arguably the best striker in the world into the mix. 
Uh, she was able to shake off some of the rust uh, tonight at a couple moments, and you expect her to be better moving forward. So I think the stars are really aligning here nicely. For It'll be interesting to see whether she does start, but when she came on, it was still a very small sample size, 10, 15 minutes. But in that time, she did a bunch of different things. We saw her, you know, open it up basically and get it to another gear from a speed perspective. And keep in mind, this is all off of a, an alleged torn um, calf. And that, I mean, the fact that she's back out there is, is a credit to her and to the medical staff. But I, I wanted to see what she looked like. And she had some explosiveness there, took a shot, didn't go anywhere near the get goal, but she had plenty of power uh, on it, uh, won some balls in the air. And even at one point fell down and you, and you know, kind of held your breath but she was okay. She got up and continued on. So to your point, I think she also was running off of adrenaline right there. But this could not have worked out more perfectly for Australia. I do think there's something happening here with Australia. We've talked about how Ooh. the home nation doing well can mm -hmm. really light up a World Cup and really galvanize a country. And, man, the atmosphere was electric. It was here in Sydney at the Stadium of Australia. We know people that went to the game. Right. Uh, if, you, if you see behind us, if you can uh, show behind us here uh, what's, go what's going on. They lit up the uh, opera house in the yellow and, uh, and green colors of, uh, of Australia, so they're excited about what's going on here. The United States in 1999, the only host nation to win a Women's World Cup. Australia trying to be the second. They're just three wow. wins away. It's the only, only host nation. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's, uh, that'll be good. So uh, Australia goes through and uh, England go through. We come to the final game of uh, round of 16 games, or final day of round of 16 games tomorrow with uh, Colombia versus Jamaica and France versus Morocco. Uh, the winner of France versus Morocco is going to face uh, Australia. Australia. And the winner of Colombia and Jamaica will obviously face um, England. England. There we go. So uh, anything to say on these two? Uh, as you mentioned, a, a big disparity when it comes to France-Morocco in terms of the uh, power rankings and the FIFA rankings out there. But again, we have seen strange things. We have seen upsets. We have seen throwing out the record books and throwing out the power rankings here. Do you give Morocco any chance ultimately against France? I do. It's been a nutty really? tournament. Just yeah. because of the tournament, the way the tournament's going. Yeah, and, and I think they've played well. They've won a couple of games. You know, their, their wins over South Korea and Colombia are the two biggest upsets in Women's World Cup history based on the FIFA rankings, and this would top it. This is 5 versus 72. Morocco at 72, the lowest-ranked team ever to play in the knockout stage of a Women's World Cup. And so this would be the biggest upset in tournament history, at least based on the FIFA rankings. And I do think it's possible. Um, I don't think France are that dependable. So, you know, they could screw this up. All right. Well, you mentioned Colombia. Uh, Caicedo versus Bunny. Colombia versus uh, Jamaica. A little bit more difficult to predict that one, huh? It's interesting because you would have thought if Colombia got to the knockout stage, any game they played, they would be the underdog Cinderella. But they find themselves in a situation where they're the more established Team you think Colombia is, or you think Jamaica is the underdog in this I against think, Columbia? Yeah, to the extent that there's a Cinderella in this game, it feels like it's a bit more Jamaica. You don't agree? I think this is equal. I think this is both teams are kind of punching above their their weight. Both teams are kind of filled with confidence, but I think both teams are also finding themselves in this this rarefied air that obviously is something that they are not comfortable with. It'll be interesting from a mental perspective as they get out there on the field. 
what they will have thought about each other, who actually feels like the underdog and who, who, uh, who doesn't. If Columbia keeps going in this tournament, mm -hmm. at some point we should try to get Melissa Ortiz on a little crossover State of the Union yes. Twitter show. A collab, show. as yeah. <laughs> Rob Stone is obsessed with collabs on, uh, on Instagram and Carly Lloyd keeps blanking him. It's the most incredible thing uh, ever if you follow uh, Rob on Instagram. He's just trying to get to 10,000 followers. So if, if you're on Instagram, Throw a bone here, okay? Because I have to hear about it every single day and the collabs and the, the content creation and the walk to work and all this kind of stuff. I love, I love Rob. Let's just get him to 10,000. Can we just make that a, a goal of the uh, State of the Union nation out there? Just, it's just a little click, you know, get, you know throw him a bone here uh, going forward. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's uh, so, that's, so that happens tomorrow. Like we said, the final day of uh, round of 16. Action, uh, and we will be here again tomorrow and give you a, a show in terms of reaction to that. Speaking of soccer, though, uh, and soccer that has nothing to do with the World Cup, I was up this morning, and I fired up my old uh, computer there and pulled up the, uh, the old Apple app, and boom, there it's, uh, it's messy time again. And uh, Messi and company, for the first time we see them on the road, they go to Dallas in continuation of the uh, League's Cup. Speaking of round of 16, this is a round of 16 game. And this was a nutty, nutty game. In the best possible sense, incredible drama, incredible entertainment. Obviously, the place was packed out because of uh, Messi. The ticket prices were ridiculous. Um, but that's what Messi does. And the other thing that Messi does is he doesn't disappoint. Came right out of the shoot, scored a couple minutes into the game. Uh, wonderful little back pass in. And then... To tie the game at 4-4, he scores an incredible free kick, brings the team back after you thought that this was Dallas because Miami scored uh, with Messi. And they, they start to go ahead, and then Dallas said, no, not so fast. They came back. They scored a bunch of goals. And then Inter comes back and caps it off with this incredible goal from, uh, from Messi. Yet another, I mean, I guess it's incredible. You just constantly say that, but he does it with ease, and it's just so consist consistent. It just blows your mind. And then they go to penalties because that's what they do in this tournament. They go immediately to penalties. They get to penalties. He steps up and takes the first one, just, you know, completely bears it. And ultimately, Inter-Miami go on and beat Dallas to go on to the round of eight in penalties. After Messi's first great performance with Inter-Miami, there was some chirping about the level of defending. You went on this rant on the, this pod about how you don't care about defending. You want goals. I saw that clip resurface today. Everybody from TAC manager to Keith Koskinen was having a go at you over it. Uh, <laughs> would you like to double down on it? Or? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't need to double down on it. It's not, I'm not saying anything crazy that I like to see goals scored, okay? And, but, but keep in mind the context of why I went on that rant. Because there were people that were somehow sucking the joy out of watching Messi score goals by throwing out the fact that they believe that it's because of bad defending in Major League Soccer. My point isn't that I can't appreciate or respect a good defender or a good defense or good defending. My point is, why are you such a soulless, loveless, joyless type of person that you can't just appreciate the soccer? And, by the way, I will double down, that the defending is not at the level that people make it out to be. And that this is Messi, who for years and years and years has been doing the exact same thing, showing up in these places and having the exact same magic and exact same oohs and ahs 
and nobody yells and screams and, and, uh, and poo-poos it and sucks the joy out of those moments relative to the defending or what they perceive as bad defending. So that's, that's where the context was, uh, was when, uh, when that was happening. And again, I will reiterate, nobody left this, you know, that, this, that game today was just an absolute beautiful uh, form of entertainment. And if you cannot be entertained by what you saw in Dallas today, either if you're, at, if you're lucky enough to be there or if you're watching it on television, then I, I got no time for you. I can't help you. But you know what wasn't missing from this game? Quote, unquote, better defenders or good defending. Nobody left that game going, you know, saying, oh, I really, really wish that we had better defenders out there. Oh, I really, really wish that I saw better defending. No. Normal people... Human people, people with a heart and soul, left that game with an incredible amount of joy because they just saw one of the greatest players ever to play the game do what he does so well. And they're not blaming it on defending. And I hate to break it to you, but the money that gets spent is going to be spent on people that bring, people, bring fans in, that sell tickets, that make people care. And good defending or good defenders... That does not make people care. I know it wins games. I know from a competitive perspective, it is necessary. And I know we can appreciate it, but not relative to scoring a goal. Anyway, that's what, that's what we were talking about. And some of the people that you mentioned, they're morons. Okay? So, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have any joy. They don't have any romance. They don't have any love. They don't have any heart. They don't have any soul. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else new to say on Messi. It, it seems like this is going to be the, the norm. So, <laughs> you know. No, well, hold on a second. Because for all of this incredible uh, you know, play and seven goals in his four games, he's yet to score an MLS. <laughs> his team's in last place. I don't think they'll be there for long. You don't think so? No. I... You, think that the, you think that once MLS comes back at the end of this tournament... They'll just they'll kick on and everything will be fine. Absolutely. Okay. Good. I, I hope so. I mean, it's be a wonderful thing to see if he. I mean, listen. If anybody can do it, he can provide the resurrection that you are talking about for this. What now is a last place team, and maybe on the back of you know holding up a trophy in his first couple of months there, if they end up uh, going all the way to the final of this uh, you know this league's cup that is uh, that is going on right now. But it's it's wonderful to see. And again, if you if you can't find the joy in it, then I'm, I got no time for you. Uh, anything else, Mossy? Before we uh, before we go, that is it. That's that's it. Have you been doing anything or watching anything or seeing anything? Or I know we usually do it well, at the front, but you know. Well, we have some days off coming up, okay. so I've got big plans. I'm thinking of going to Bondi Beach, going to the zoo. Um, so should be. I, I should have, have some stuff to talk have, about. Do you have a particular animal that you like at the zoo? I'm sorry, come again? <laughs> uh, bad timing, Sean Sullivan. Oh, well, you've got to be able to listen to people talking to you in your ear, okay, and still understand and communicate out here, all right? God, do you have an animal at the zoo that you like to see? Oh, kangaroo. Really? Yeah. Because we're here in Australia, or if we were in L.A. and went to the L.A.Z., you would want to go see the kangaroo? Sure. Oh, it doesn't matter where you are. You just want to see the kangaroo. Well, no, being in Australia makes it even more... Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, so you want to go to the zoo here to see a kangaroo in Australia because we're in Australia. Correct. But if we were in L.A., what would you want to go see? The lion or the, uh, the monkey or the... Yeah, lion. The... Yeah. Fucking hell. You see what I have to work with here? 
Do you understand? Do you understand? You know, I, mean, oh, I, I am, no, I am a little bit concerned. Um, Judy Boyd has left. Yes. And she's been kind of at the center of all our socializing. You know, she, she organizes the all the Julie McCoy, if you out. will. That's yes. an old, old reference. It's uh, so, a love boat yeah, reference. I don't so. know. I mean, I don't know if you and I are going to grab a beer the rest of this tournament. Buddy, we don't need Judy to do that, all right? We, I mean, she's wonderful at what she, what she does from a professional perspective and from a social perspective. But, yeah, we're going to be just fine. Although I, I did have a great moment in the control room. Did you? What you? Uh, Zach Kenworthy's uh, family's here. Yes. Uh, his kids came, and they, they gave me a giant hug in front of everybody. Everybody got to see the special relationship I have with everybody them. Everybody loves to hug you, right? It's terrific. So, that was good. Yeah, so people's families are arriving, so that's adding a whole different dimension to See, it. See, you're, you're good with kids. You're good with animals, all right? Yeah. You're wonderful. Uh, we love Mossy. We love Mossy. All right, listen, there's all sorts of stuff that's going on, uh, going on tomorrow. We thank everybody for all the things that you're doing. Keep rating and reviewing and subscribing and downloading and doing, like I said, all the different things that you do out there on all the different platforms that we have. Thanks to State Farm uh, for presenting this. We will talk to you again tomorrow, as we said, as we finish up the round of 16 games here from the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And until then, and as always, my friends, size the day.